Welcome to Fit Talk, your go-to podcast for health, fitness, and lifestyle. To see each episode's show notes, listen to more sessions, and send us your questions, visit fittalk.com. Episode 54. Does your sport define you? Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Fit Talk. I'm Matt Waugh. And I'm Marfit. And it is starting to get cold here in Canada. We're all layered up and going pure Viking mode, I'd say, to get here to the gym and conquer everything else that's on our plate. So that means it's time for your weekly dose of Fit Talk. And we have a very cool episode for you all this week. Uh, But before we get into it, I'm just going to give a big thank you to our sponsor, Rise Gym Gear. So feel free to check out their website at risegymgear.com and see all they have to offer. So from awesome lifting gear that's going to bring your performance to the next level to their awesome line of shirts with a new model that was just released. That's the uh, classic Rise shirt. So feel free to check their stuff out and use Fit Talk to save yourself 10% on your entire order. Now then, for this week's episode, this actually goes back to uh, about a couple of days ago, and it was just a normal Saturday night, and my brother's girlfriend actually had asked me to go over uh, a paper that she was writing. She's in human kinetics at the University of Windsor. And uh, basically what this paper was, it kind of drew a lot of parallels between the personality traits of athletes in particular sports, uh, as well with uh, high-risk sports and non-risk sports. And she was doing, doing them to draw comparisons between that and those in her program. And I was really interested by what I was reading. And so I had asked her if she could send me the actual studies that she was drawing all of these uh, examples from. And so she sent them to me and me and Mark have been reading them over the past couple of days and it's some really interesting stuff. So uh, what we're going to do is basically discuss them in this episode, uh, talk about them with you guys. And we actually really wa- we want to hear your feedback on what you think is going on with these studies. If you find them to be, uh, if you identify with them, or if you find that you're actually on uh, an outlier, like someone who's not re- particularly described in this whole stuff. Um, so it's uh, some pretty interesting stuff, wouldn't you say, Mark? Yeah. Um, when you first just started to talk about it, because you said, I, I don't know, like every week we ask yourself, oh, what we should do like as an episode, like in, in the next week or in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And you just brought this subject and I never really thought about it. Seriously, I just didn't think about like how a certain kind of sport can affect you. Uh, but after like reading it, it's it's really interesting what they say about it. And um, with any studies, I mean, like, there's always like some take and it's it's not something that will be applied to everyone, but at the same time, it's really interesting to talk about it and see like why we uh, we are the way we are. And yeah, it's just really really nice to read and uh, really inter- interesting topic. Exactly right. Uh, I completely agree because like you said, it's not really something that you would ever consciously think about. Um, but as I was reading this, I thought to myself, I was like, I, you know what? It kind of does make a lot of sense to me to think that based on what personality type you have and based on the kind of person you are, would you be drawn to one sport over another based on whether that was a team sport or something high risk or something not risky at all? You know, basically, like, would people base their their own decisions to go into a a particular sport, whether that was consciously or not, simply based on who they really are. So we're going to get into uh, some of these right now. And the first study that uh, we're drawing from 
It's called personality and high-risk sports athletes. And so by personality traits, that really just means a consistent pattern of thinking, feeling, and acting that differs between people themselves. So it's basically all the stuff that really makes us unique from person to person. And so the kind of sports that you can imagine in this case, uh, high-risk sports, these are also just going to be your extreme or adrenaline-driven sports, you know. So that's going to include things like mountain climbing, uh, whitewater kayaking, ski jumping, skydiving, paragliding, downhill mountain bike riding, freestyle, snowboarding, motocross. Basically, you get the picture. It's going to be any sport where you, and they they defined it in this, and it seems kind of crazy when Mm -hmm. you think about it, but it's any sport where one has to accept a possibility of severe injury or death as an inherent part of the activity. And that's pretty crazy just when you kind of lay it out black and white like that, right? Like you're actually just performing a sport to get that adrenaline rush where you could really hurt yourself or even end up dead as a result of it just to get that uh, rush of adrenaline. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And I remember, I don't know where I listened to that, but there's, I think it's about like the flow and, you know. Just to explain what is the flow, it's when you you're in an intense activity or you're focused on one thing. You know when there's always like moment when you work on something, you're just you feel that you're in, you're the, in zone, the zone, you're on fire, you and it's called in the flow. And you can read about the flow on on internet. Just type that on Google, and you will have thousand and thousand. Yeah, of it's a psychology website. term, right? Yeah, and basically they were telling that people who do like um, high risk sports like that, or like they do some crazy stuff. I don't know they. Uh, they do snowboard and crazy mountain and they just do crazy drop of like a hundred feet, you know, in the snow, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and you can die like by doing it. Uh, they are more able to control the flow, to be in that state of mind, to be focused, to be, because if they miss their shot, they, they die or they just broke yep. themselves, you know? So it, it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the relationship that they can, we can find about like being able to, to always be at peak performance and be able to control it because it's really hard to control like the flow. There's nothing, there's some type of environment that you can put yourself in to be sure that you're focused, but at the same time, like to control like the, our, our peak performance when we are in the flow state, uh, that's, that's really crazy. So I, when, when I read like the studies and all that stuff, uh, I was just amazed by how like Iris sports at least were able like to, um, to get in the zone and, basically just increase their performance in anything that they are doing. It's really crazy actually to think about because these are, like you said, the individuals where it's what they're doing completely depends on their ability to be focused and um, skillfully maneuver what it is they're doing. Like for example, a uh, snowboarder or downhill skier or something like that, you know, with one wrong step or one wrong move or something you can easily just ruin your entire life like in the blink of an eye so you have to be in such laser focused uh in such a laser focused state of mind to make sure that you're really conquering whatever the task is at hand and so yeah it's controlling your entire body without thinking you know because when you're in the flow states you don't think about like moving your left arms you don't think about anything you just just do it you you have a rush of adrenaline and everything's going like that's because you don't I don't know if like you when you have like a rush of adrenaline and you sprint or you do something or everything is like slow motion around you you know mm-hmm. you can see everything but everything goes so fast but at the same time you you're kind of a, you're very a aware of everything as it's going on yeah that's yeah. crazy that's the best states that you can be <laughs> yeah. 
That's it's so true and awesome uh, awesome feeling. You guys are probably have heard like Mark and I mention it, whether like we tweeted or something like like in the flow or on a post or something like that. Um, But it's definitely something we always try to think about when we're working on something. You know, if we're working on a project or something, the goal is to always be able to just get completely sucked into what it is we're doing, so we can give it uh, more than a hundred percent of our attention and really just make sure that it turns into something really awesome and really cool. Really great. Always just. uh, making mm-hmm. sure it's as polished as possible. There are some tasks that help you to be in the flow. Like, for example, when I edit a video or when people um, edit like a song or something, you really have like to be focused on what you're doing. And uh, every single time that I'm, I'm editing a video, mm-hmm. I don't see like the time passing. It's just crazy. Like it's just goes by and boom, the video is done. Then I put it on YouTube and see the reaction. And... Yeah, that's that's kind of a, another rush, but I'm in flow states uh, every time that I'm editing a video, every single time. It's so true, and the same goes for for me. Like uh, whenever you know we are done recording the podcast, and it's time to go through it and make sure the sound is uh, all checked up and everything like that that we have to do in order to produce it for uh, everyone before we release it. You know, it's the same thing. As soon as uh, that ends up happening, you're just right into the middle of the task. And uh, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that we've done in order to help us really get there. Like I remember. Um, when you showed me that uh, that one playlist for the uh, the uh, melodic dubstep playlist, you know, like one of my favorite things in the mm-hmm. world to do, turn the lights off in the room, get that music blaring, and I'm just in the zone of whatever it is I'm doing, you know, whether it's just answering emails or just writing something or you know whatever. It's uh, it really helps to do that, and you know, everyone's got to really find, I guess, whatever technique works for them or what process works for them. But uh, everyone who everyone who feels the flow is going to know what it is when they're in it. You know, just that feeling of being like, I'm on fire right now and uh, and you're just getting stuff done. It's really uh, the best feeling. So, yeah. And in Irish sport, it's uh, it's even like higher than that. Like their flow stays just crazy. And usually like people do um, like, I don't know, skateboard, snowboard, but like and they do like crazy tricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it can be hard for them because, because it's kind of a drug, you know? So they, they need like huge rush of ad- adrenaline like that to uh, feel alive, you know? So that's that's why they are usually addicted to their sport and try new stuff and always try to do something uh, better or more dangerous. I can completely get that. And like we were saying, uh, in terms of the uh, the study that we were mentioning, guys, um, this goes directly with what we just mentioned about the flow because high-risk sports athletes are more emotionally stable it would seem than non-risk sports athletes and more stable than than non-athletes of course so emotionally stable you know being able to handle uh, all sorts of you know different stresses and outside factors in terms of whatever they're doing they have to be able to keep themselves uh, very calm and collected and under control in order to um, be able to get through their sport and that that activity be able to do it effectively and skillfully and safely and be able to get out on the other side of it you know yeah exactly and you know the same thing goes for uh it says that high-risk sports athlete athletes are more conscientious as well and so uh what they actually mean by that is their reliability 
accuracy, orderliness, persistence, toughness, and working habits, which it also uh, applies to their ability to deal with stressors and uh, how they handle it. It's all it's all one and the same. You can see this directly correlates to what we we're mentioning about the flow as well. The kind of skill and the kind of mindset that goes into people who perform these kinds of sports, it's uh, absolutely crazy to think about. You know, the mental capacity for them and the the focus that they have to be able to uh, achieve these things. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And so this uh, all kind of adds up to what we were saying before on personality traits. It would seem that these kind of athletes are more extroverted. And so uh, for everybody who knows the difference between an introvert and an extrovert, an introvert, I guess, would be the kind of person that's more to themselves, more, uh, they're more comfortable with being quieter uh, and that sort of thing. Whereas an extrovert is really a lot more uh, expressive and enthusiastic. And, you know, they're, they're going to be a lot more inclined to go up and talk to you uh, than an introvert would be. You know, they, they're the kind who's more going to keep to themselves. And so I was really interested by all of this because thinking about it, um, you know, I thought about my chosen sport as well, which is the same for many of you, uh, just fitness and bodybuilding, that sort of thing generally uh, lifting weights. And I thought about how that applied to myself because to be honest, I, I don't really consider myself that much of an extrovert. Actually, you can ask anybody that I know and you can tell them I'm never really the first person to uh, to text someone. You know what I mean? I consider myself uh, like an open book. Like you can ask me anything and I'll talk to you uh, for anything. But for some reason, I've never been the person to get that conversation started. So any of my friends or actually you can ask Mark right now, like Mark, on average, how much more often do you text me first than vice versa, would you say? <laughs> probably probably, probably almost every single time, right? Like every every morning. Sup, sup, going to the gym. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly right. So I, I thought about that too. And I was like that, you know, that really uh, does kind of apply to me. And I thought that to be funny. So uh, that was kind of the idea behind this episode is not only did uh, I want to know how Mark feels about this and how he feels that this applies to him. And, you know, I wanted to know uh, from all of you as well. So with that being said, Mark, you know, I, I said that this kind of does apply to me in terms of our chosen sport and uh, my personality traits. So how do, how do you feel about that? Do you think that applies to you as well? Um, not at 100% because I'm not really extroverted. Like I'm not the guy who will uh, go in front of a... I don't know. I'm not the guy who will do the show, you know? Yeah. I, I can do a show. If I have to do it, I will do it. I mean, and do public speaking. I like to do that, but I'm not the guy who really feel comfortable doing it like at first. For I, sure. I like to go, I mean, like slowly and approach and have a lot of tips like, uh, and practice a lot, you know, before mm -hmm. doing anything like that. Uh, but in terms of being just, introverted not at all because i did some extreme sport when i was young a lot of snowboard a lot of crazy uh, uh skateboard competitions and oh yeah um yeah yeah i was actually like really good at uh, doing skateboard and i did skateboard during like four or five years no kidding um i sucked so snowboard. hard <laughs> <laughs> no I, I was quite good i was like actually recording my tape like to to get sponsor that's uh, awesome by a skateboard shop <laughs> but that that being said, I mean, I'm probably in, not in the middle, maybe a little bit more introverted than extroverted, but I'm probably, yeah, 70%, I would say, or 
60% uh, introverted and 40% extroverted. In terms of like what I'm doing like right now on YouTube and everything, I just became more, uh, I don't know, just became more comfortable doing stuff in public and also releasing stuff and also while doing, because when you do like skateboard, I mean, uh, if you are in a competition, like everyone's looking at you when when it's your run. Yeah. You got to be able like to... I don't know, give a show and be able like to do crazy stuff. So, I mean, maybe that's where I developed that. But on the other part, I'm someone who is actually kind of shy. At first, I'm not the guy like who will start a conversation like really. I might just say like I and then we'll start rolling from there. Uh, but I'm not really like um crazy dude who will just like do front flip just to do front flip in front of everyone. <laughs> No, yeah, uh, I completely, uh, I completely understand that, and I completely agree. In fact, I find a lot of that uh, for myself as well. Like you had mentioned before, you know, um, the idea of say doing public speaking or something. Yeah, I, that used to be something that I was uh, really nervous about before. Like, for example, in uh, in school, you know, if you have to do public speaking, um, I would be really nervous. But I was always told that I was very good at it, and to be honest, it was usually. Like once I got on a roll or something, I was fine. I guess it was maybe just the idea of going up there and thinking about it for a few minutes. Like I used to shake and I would sweat and I was just really uncomfortable. But every single time it always went uh, really well. And so that's something that I think about now. And it's like for public speaking in the future, it's something that I'd be very interested in doing. Um, but I'm sure it's going to be the same thing as soon as that happens. You know, the day that the day that that comes and I have to go and do it, I'm probably still going to be very, uh, very I mean, nervous, very shaky. And as soon as I get up there and, you know, a couple minutes minutes in i'll be probably be fine that's how it I think, always went yeah i think it's it's good to be nervous it's a good stress as before going i don't know in the front of the public it's a good stress mm -hmm. if you're not stressed at all uh maybe you're not f feeling like thrilled to do it. it it's a good stress i think man. it's and it's normal i remember when i spoke yeah. like in in the uk uh it was like last minute hey mark you uh, you will uh go with Lex and Laney uh, speak in front of like, <laughs> I don't know, probably like 200 people. It wasn't that big. Uh, but I was like, oh, okay, let's let's do it. But I like in back of my <laughs> mind, I was like, okay, I hope everything will go well. And it, it did, so. <laughs> but there's also like, I have like the, I had more the language barrier than now at that time. And uh, that's just something that's always stressed me. You know, I just want to make sure that I can say like the right word and say what I actually think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if it was in French, I don't think I would be like so stressed out. Yeah. For sure not in French. I mean, you'd probably, it'd be a piece of cake, you know, and like just no problem whatsoever. But uh, even even still, like you said, with all the practice that you've gotten, whether it's from uh, YouTube videos or creating the videos on the uh, the member section, you know, especially particularly vlogging where you're actually just straight up talking into a camera and kind of going off the top of your head, it's it all kind of adds up to more practice and it's just going to be something that's going to... And podcasting, podcasting as well, 100%. <laughs> I mean, what is it? We're literally just uh, sitting here talking. So um, with uh, 54 episodes in, you know, that's <laughs> that's quite a lot of time that we've uh, garnered, especially for you. So it's uh, it's all added up and just made things easier. And I mean, without a doubt, you've progressed since then. So yeah, and I will get better too. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Um, I know you've mentioned before about, you know, how you've wanted to maybe like drop your accent eventually. Um I wouldn't honestly I think that's part of your identity. As much as I can, but I think 
Yeah, but I mean, I will not be able like to drop it like at one hundred percent. Like just here, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you still have his his accent. Yeah, it's very true, very true. So uh, he's still got it. It's hard to break like a French accent. It's really st- a strong accent, like German and, <laughs> or yeah. Austrian. So it's really hard yeah. like, to break it. Exactly, yeah, exactly. right. <laughs> um, so yeah, guys, uh, that's uh, the way Mark feels about it. You've heard me as well. And uh, so the next part of the study, actually the second study, was called Connection Between Personality Type and Sports. And so what this basically did, it wasn't so much about um, what your sport would particularly say about you, but this uh, I found interesting, again, because it was kind of talking about your future career. So in this case, it was the relationship between athletic identity and career decisions for the future. So athletic identity correlates to people's choices to decide to go into a career related to a sport. So this is related to the time and effort that they dedicated to a particular sport, um, a form of identity that's based on the degree of importance and strength and exclusivity to your role as an athlete. So it found a lot of people as their score was higher on this athletic identity scale, they were more inclined to go into a career choice that revolved around whatever the sport was that they were interested in. And I found that, uh, again, really interesting for myself because as far as I can remember, uh, since I was 17, 18 years old and fitness kind of became an obsession of mine and my passion. And uh, even when I was in school for business marketing, you know, the only constant that I had in my life was still that, you know, I was obsessed with, I had to go make sure I didn't miss my workout and stuff like that, you know, and it became more and more evident uh, that my passion was kind of geared towards that. So um, I guess you could say that on that, that note, if I was to take one of those tests, I guess I would probably score pretty high on that athletic identity scale because I just I viewed myself as kind of my role and my feelings towards the fitness community has just been, oh my God, just increasingly more passionate over the years. So uh, I would say that for me, my athletic identity mm-hmm. and fitness were one and the same. So I was very much excited and it was a concrete decision to to do something related to that for my career so i i know that i would have scored very high on uh, high on that and i'm sure that would have been the same for you mark yeah yeah really i always been like someone who really liked to do sports and any kind of sport uh every i know at school we we're playing like football twice a day then i had like <laughs> uh I, I was like in sport class and all that stuff so i was just doing sport every single day like three to four times a day because I, I was playing hockey also outside of school. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's just because like people develop skills while doing a certain, something that they love. And then they think that they can teach, teach it to, to others and just share what they have learned in the process of becoming better at their sport. So mm-hmm. I would say that that might be like a, a big, take a big place in their decision of career or in what they want to do in life. Uh, for me, I decided to do fitness because to just to build at first my my blog and share everything that I was doing because everyone was were asking me how I was able like to to get in in that shape and be able to always be consistent and stay motivated. So that's why I decided to share everything because at first I was loving what I was doing and second I wanted to share it with people because I thought it would be something great and that I might just help a lot of people with it. And it turns out that yeah. It, 
it's it's the way it is now and i don't know yeah it's work working exactly right so <clears throat> you know it becomes something that uh it's so much more than just a career path you know when it's something that you love so much and it's what you want in your life you know every single day i think it's safe to say that you'd want to make it um so that it does exactly that you know you get to participate in this kind of um in these roles every single day and not only are able to make a, a living off of it but at the same time make sure that uh, you're doing what's going to make you happy and fulfilled at the same time so um that's something that makes me curious about uh, of course like i said i wanted to know that how that went for you mm -hmm. But for everybody else who's listening out there, we actually really want to hear your thoughts on this as well. So if uh, you find yourself to be, whether you're an introvert or extrovert, based on your chosen sport, or if you find that whatever your sport is, uh, if it's so much of a passion for you that you want to end up making a career out of it, be sure to send us a tweet and or comment on our Instagram or anything like that, because uh, we want to actually know as much about this as possible and see if uh, you found the study to uh, resonate with you as well. Or do you find yourself to be more of an outlier and be like, oh, this didn't really uh, correlate with me and here's why. Whatever that is, uh, just be sure to send us uh, a shout at that. And for me that'd be at Matthew Waugh with Mark it's at Mark underscore fit and uh, be sure to do that and if you like this episode of course be sure to give it a like on SoundCloud or share it with someone who you think is going to find this interesting and be sure to follow us as well to make sure you never miss any future episodes exactly and also we'll put the name of uh, each studies that we read about this topic so we'll be able like to read uh, it's a couple of pages so yeah you will have fun reading that and um, it was a real pleasure to make this episode for you guys I'm really just grateful for uh, just being in front of my computer right now drinking my tea talking with my friend Matt and be able like, just <laughs> to do a podcast uh, for you guys and talk about something new and try to bring some uh, new vision in the way you can see things and uh, yeah it was just uh, an awesome time with Matt and do you have something you're grateful for Matt today? Honestly I'm grateful for this right here our chance to do this every single week because you know this right here for you and me recording it's not really this isn't work i i find this to be a nice little break from from the grind you know and to be able to not only just sit down and have just a really good conversation because conversation is a beautiful thing and it's a uh, a chance for everybody to share and i think that's what life is all about is just sharing your experiences with others i'm grateful that we're able to sit down every single week and just have a very nice conversation mm -hmm. and at the same time be able to share it with thousands and thousands of people who are gonna whether they're just gonna benefit from the information or are just enjoying listening to what you and i have to say i think this is a really beautiful thing exactly right i, I love it seriously is the way i think <laughs> and at the same time i just try to every single time i see someone like stressful or just doesn't feel like so great i, I just ask them why do you have something that you're grateful for like right now like today and then the stress go, goes away when you just appreciate what you have i think like it's just a good start. It's a good start and to just start off your day and make sure that you get the most of it and that you uh, just give your all because you will feel way better if you're grateful for what you have. I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, it's, <laughs> uh, it's really the key to happiness and lowering your stress and just living a longer and better life. 
And so on that, everybody, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Fit Talk and we'd love to make them for you. So on that, we'll be sure to talk to you guys next week. Later. Later.